0: For this morning, I want us to continue the conversation that I started last week on what I call a condition of Phariseeism and uh, that has a remedy that's found in simplicity. Last week, I gave you a definition or at least uh, an aspect of a definition of Phariseeism as people who are self-determined experts. In all things, meaning that they have an opinion on everything and they're normally burdened with the pretension to be an expert even when they're only an amateur. They'll go to great lengths to belong in elite circles, elite groups. They really do like to tell people what's right and what's wrong and how they should do things. Many times they'll quote books and authors that they don't read. They like to be honored in the public. They like their titles and their degrees. And and they're the types of individuals that, when they're having a conversation with you, often they'll end, if not every sentence, at least a good bit of the sentences in the conversation uh, with the Bible verse, or at least a Bible quote. What they're really good at is covering their intentions. They will hide it in their words. They will hide it with their actions, sometimes even with their possessions, because what they really want to do is they want to give the impression that they're more godly than they really are. And for this morning, Luke 12, that chapter is a really, really good helper for this condition. In the beginning of the chapter, we didn't read this. It's an interaction with Jesus and some of the Pharisees. And in their conversation, Jesus put his finger on the real issue. We don't call it, or he didn't call it Phariseeism. He called it hypocrisy. Where the outside of someone doesn't match the inside of things. Now, it wasn't every Pharisee, but it was some And After having this conversation with the Pharisees and with the larger group of people that are observing Jesus' interaction with them, when that conversation is completed, Jesus left them to travel on the road, and while on the road, he entertained what I call these popcorn questions, just different people asking questions that at first glance seems to have nothing to do with... With his previous interaction, with the exception of this, they have the same subject matter. Because the people that were asking the question on the road were doing the very same thing that those Pharisees were doing. They were masking the inside by their possessions on the outside. But the subject matter is the same. What I wish is that story is just contained to Luke chapter twelve. Unfortunately, I don't think that's the case. Because I think it's still a struggle today. Perhaps there's a little Phariseeism. And all of us. Well, if so, then the remedy, simplicity. What God does through that discipline changes a person from the inside out. Over the last probably, what, month, maybe five weeks or so in preparation for these sermons, I- I've been meditating on The phrase, only the simple are free. Simplicity, it's not a removal of stuff to where you just get rid of possessions and people. That's not it. Because those things aren't evil or wrong. It's just how we see them and what we do with them. I think sometimes we get in trouble and the discipline of simplicity is really a work of the heart it's first and foremost an inward journey because simplicity takes the spiritual principle that whatever is on the inside that'll determine what happens on the outside it it makes that work in ways to where the heart is not controlled by people or by things. I know some might be thinking that's really not a problem in our society, maybe so. But why is it as a people we overcommit? Am I the only one? your calendar, all the events? Or what about those in our society that uh, overextend themselves financially? Is that because there's really not enough time or not enough money? Is it because the cost of living now is beyond our reach? We know that's not the case. So the issue has to do with our hearts, not our calendars, not our checkbooks. And simplicity wants to take both of those and see them through a different lens. It doesn't want to get rid of them. It just wants to set them in its right place. And it only happens When what determines the value of things? Say your heart. It only works when the heart sets those priorities in its right order. Now, I understand that whenever we talk about change, it's difficult. I mean, anybody that comes up to you and says, well, you know, I've changed, I love change. What they really mean is they like change when it involves you. No one likes change when it involves themselves. We like homeostasis. We like being in the state that we're in. To leave what we know, to move into something else, sometimes that is difficult and even painful. Painful but it also can be healthy. And so the issue is not whether or not people or possessions to get rid of them. That doesn't solve anything unless the desires behind those, unless those desires change. If a person has voids on the inside, they're going to have voids on the outside. That's how it works. We're not inconsistent that way. And so the discipline of simplicity is an inward journey, an inward look. Granted, it'll have an outward effect, but the remedy that we want and the peace that we desire, unless this changes first, this will never change. And so what I want to do in our time remaining is I want to paint the picture at least two ways, two benefits to the discipline of simplicity. One of the benefits is that when, you're, when you begin to focus on the inside, you will confront what is called the tyranny of self. People who clamor for attention, and we do. Seek recognition, we do. Applause, maybe. I mean, the reasons we overcommit is because deep down what we think is that makes us more important. More valuable, more loved, more accepted, more effective. The reason why we overspend is because we suffer from comparison, where we think over there is better than right here. Christianity, your faith, it starts first and foremost with who you are at this very moment. So the beginning work is an honest, an authentic look in the mirror. This is where we start. It's where God starts. Now, He might take us to someplace else, but the starting line, it's the same. And sim- simplicity is that discipline where God works on the inward state of a person to make it solid. Solid. To make it whole. Teresa of Avila, she either lived in the 1300s or the 1500s. But she would talk often about a person's soul is like an inward castle. And she said the real work inside of the castle is not to do the work outside, but to do the work inside where you investigate every room And in doing so, you make your house strong. You make it solid. And ultimately, what we have to learn is we don't need anything, and to some degree, another person to make us whole. In 1 Corinthians chapter 13, Paul picked up this message. And that day for the church in Corinth, they were arguing about who was more important by how long they were members of the congregation. Did they they become a part of the congregation when when Paul was the pastor, when Peter was the pastor, or Apollos was the pastor? See, they were linking their goodness, their value, to another person. And he said, no, 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 no. no." He said, every single person, they build upon the same foundation. And that foundation is only found in Christ. The same truth applies to us. So I want you to ask the answer to these questions. This will tell you whether or not you suffer with the tyranny of self. Can I allow an unfavorable comment about myself without any need of retaliation? Do I shift the story ever so slightly to make myself appear more favorable? Just tweak the light just enough? Do I lie? Do I blame shift for the excuse of my behavior? Can I even accept a compliment freely with really not pushing it away? And the answer to these questions are important, but the greater question behind each of these is why? Why? Why do we feel the need to cover? To present something that is fake? Not real? Is it because deep down we think that in doing so that makes us more? Is that true? The second benefit is not with the tyranny of self. It's what we call the tyranny of things. Sometimes out of fear. Maybe that others will see behind the curtain and discover who we really are. We hide in an artificial world of display. And so we take things And either we hope they'll give us meaning, or at least they'll cover what's really on the inside. And over time, those things, they end up owning us. I mean, how much time and energy do you spend just maintaining what you got? And sometimes we become trapped in this cycle of consumption. So if you wonder if you suffer with the tyranny of things, ask yourself these questions. Am I living contently within my means? That's not an income issue. Now, I mentioned this at the 830 service, and there was, uh, I've got a little pushback. So, give me just a little bit of a grace. Do you act your age? You know what I mean by that? Are you trying to pretend something that you're not? Am I a compulsive buyer? Do I try to impress people with my things, my gadgets? Am I overextended to the point that I can't be generous to the people that are around me? Do I hide in my stuff so that I don't have to work on my relationships? That will tell us whether or not we suffer with the tyranny of things. I don't know how much you know about Solomon in the Old Testament. He lived a life full of consumption. At one point it was gold. The next point it was horses. Then at some point, the opposite sex. And to use those words of Teresa of Avila, he never made solid his castle. So he died an apostate, downward spiral, jumping from one thing to the next. If not Solomon, maybe you know the story of Joshua chapter 7, a guy by the name of Achan. Achan was part of a generation that watched God move in miraculous ways. As they were moving from outside of the promised land to the inside. And one event after the other, he witnessed God's hand of care. One rule they had you cannot take the spoils of war. But you know what he did? He stole and hid it in his tent. King Ahab. Ahab, in his reign, had no needs. None. With the exception of what he thought, his neighbor's vineyard. A guy by the name of Naboth. And so he pleaded with Naboth to sell his vineyard. And Naboth reminded him that in order for him to do that, that Naboth would be breaking one of the old rules of the Old Testament, that the land that was given to them as part of their inheritance through the different tribes, you cannot sell that if that means your descendants are left without their land that was given to them on day one. But Ahab wouldn't listen. And so he concocted a story that eventually ended up in Naboth's Naboth's death. All because he thought he needed one more thing. We think those things will save us. sometimes so much that we neglect the work that simplicity seeks to foster and to make the inside solid whole jesus said where your heart is there your treasure will be simplicity is not about getting rid of your treasures that's not it it's just seeing them in their proper light and to create a right and a good relationship with them. Luke 12, it's not the only ones who suffer from the condition of Phariseeism. Our society, it is the oxygen that we breathe but it doesn't have to be for you. So I invite you to begin an inward look on simplicity and to allow the work of God's Spirit, difficult as it may be, to begin to see them in a proper light. There's our peace. That'll be our wholeness. Oh, God, maybe the first work for all of us is just a word of confession. For various ways and reasons, we we breathe the air that is around us. And sometimes we know it. We just don't know how to get off the train. Just as the, co- the, the clouds part and you see the blue skies and the sun, may something like an epiphany happen to us to see and then to grab hold. It is difficult to change patterns, of oh God. And so we need your help. But our prayer is we want our inward castle to be solid, to be strong. And so grant us your grace and mercy to allow your work of the Spirit that changes from the inside out to have its way in our life. And we pray this in your name this morning. Amen.